Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hi there, Jackie Woodside here, and welcome to another episode of the Conscious Living Podcast, where we are here to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. This is such an interesting time of year to be conscious, isn't it? It's the end of one year, you know, kind of wrapping things up and the entry of new energies, uh, new thoughts, new goals. And in between this, the wrapping of one and the starting of the new is this thing called the holidays. And, you know, people have such a mixed association with the holidays. Generally, people who have lots of young children or big families nearby, you know, embrace it with, yes, maybe a modicum of stress, but also, you know, joy and levity and kind of excited watching the little kids' faces. But, you know, as as the kids get older and, and, you know, parents get older, sometimes our relationship with the holidays can be um, can be more complicated than that. And that's what we're going to be diving into today. What does it mean to go through the holiday time when you're experiencing grief, when you have a heart that's filled with sadness, when perhaps you're kind of lonely, missing someone that you haven't uh, that you've lost and that you haven't been with for a long time. So I'm really pleased to bring to the Conscious Living stage today a screenplay and author, screenplay writer and author, Lisa Hepburn. Hep- did I say that right? Hepner. Hepner, <laughs> um, who has produced a screenplay with uh, her romance movies that are airing on Amazon, Roku, Tubi, and CBC in Canada. I have to say, I just watched the trailer of her Christmas flick, um, you know, right before getting on, and it is really extraordinary. So she wrote a beautiful debut novel called The Christmas Checklist that's based on the experience of grief that she had after losing her mom and feeling like, how am I going to get through this first holiday without her? So I'm really looking forward to diving into this topic today for those people who are perhaps going through their first experience of loss. I know just Last year, a a dear friend of mine passed unexpectedly with cancer, leaving two kids who were in their late 20s. Um, So and I was really feeling for them and mentoring them during that process. So we've all been there. We've all gone through it. Lisa, you have a very unique and interesting take on it. So say a little bit more about yourself so our listeners can get to know you. Yeah, um, thank you, Jackie, so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a guest on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, you you mentioned I'm a screenwriter and author. Um, I primarily um, got in, you know, I've been a screenwriter for a long time. I started uh, with my first two movies that came out in 2021. They were Christmas romances. And so I'm kind of in that niche of Christmas romance. Um But as you mentioned, this year, I came out with a movie called The Christmas Checklist and the novel. And it's, I'd say, I mean, it is a romance. It has a dash of romance in it, if you will. But it's also about uh, the topic of grief. Um, I know that, like you said, the holidays can be such a 
an exciting and joyous time for a lot of people, but they're also hard for a lot of people if you've experienced loss or any kind of financial difficulty or health challenge or anything. And so I wrote this book and this movie to kind of express what I was going through with my grieving process in hopes that it would also help and inspire others um, who are feeling the same over the holidays. Yeah. So give us the story behind the story, if you don't mind, Lisa. You know, what yeah. happened with your mom and the, the loss of her? And how was that first Christmas for you? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think that this um, story was divinely inspired. And my mom gave me this idea, if you will, because um you know, I was grieving my mom. Um, She had pancreatic cancer. And so she uh, fought a heroic, courageous battle with that for three years, which is longer than most people with that diagnosis. Um, It was grueling. um, And then, you know, she passed. And then I was obviously in pain. She was my best friend. We, Mm -hmm. we saw each other every day. We spoke every day. Um, And that first Christmas uh, was really tough. I really, honestly, I didn't feel like decorating. I didn't feel like getting out of my pajamas. Um, I was struggling and I was, I was grieving. And so I was lying in bed one night as I often did and I was crying and I, I hear this a lot from people that are grieving, but I asked for a sign from my mom. I said, you know, mom, if you're watching over me or if you're with me, please give me a sign because I was in so much pain, I just needed some kind of comfort. And um, the words, the Christmas checklist popped into my head. And mm. I mean, it's not uncommon as a creative person, an, an author, a screenwriter to get titles and ideas from anywhere. Yeah. But it was just interesting. Those words popped into my head and I didn't know what it meant or anything. And I didn't have a story, but then I just went back to sleep and I woke up the next day and I thought, I have a story about a mom who leaves a Christmas checklist uh, for her daughter after she, you know, after the mom passes of 12 activities that she wants her daughter to do before Christmas that will kind of help her reshift her focus uh, instead of on the pain and the sadness to exterior, um, you know, giving to others and other activities. And so I wrote that screenplay in 10 days, which is very fast to write a screenplay. Yeah. So it it just felt divinely like I just couldn't keep up with the words that were coming out. So, so, so great. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, uh, you know, I I really can feel for the loss that you went through and, and particularly given that your mom was sick for a yeah. long time. And, and, you know, I've gone through that myself. It's a very, very difficult process. So yeah. my heart goes out to you and, and I share that compassion with you. you. So you have things to say to our listeners, um, you know, about grief and the holidays, you know, talk a little bit about this from the perspective of the story. So, you know, what was your experience of, uh, you know, facing your first holiday and and the grief experience? And then how did you twine the kind of um, mix that into the the movie? Right, right. So the, the, the interesting thing is, you know, I've had loss in my life, but none as profound as losing my parent. And, and I feel fortunate that up until that time, I had not had a lot of experience with loss. Um, but after losing my mom and and having that grief, I realized things that you don't know until you experience it. Like, um, 
I personally, and I, I've also heard other people feel this as well. Um, I developed sort of an agoraphobia. Like I, I, I became fearful of leaving the house. Like my house was my safe space. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the world outside was scary and I didn't want to go shopping. I didn't want to do anything. And, and so that's, um, a common thing that people who are grieving go through. Um, I also, um, felt a lot of anger, um, and I'm a very even, you know, positive person. And I, I felt a lot of anger. And, you know, like if I did go out shopping or if I did go to the grocery store and someone was like complaining about like, oh, you know, you overcharged me 20 cents or whatever. I was like, I just felt like saying my mom just died. Like this doesn't matter. Um, and it was kind of cathartic because I had the character in my movie have an outburst in public and kind of release that, which I wouldn't do, but it, it was cathartic. Right, to it was have a way for you to do it. <laughs> yeah. You live yeah. vicariously through right. your sister. <laughs> right. And so she had an outburst and, and said, but I, I, I wanted to include those things because I think sometimes when we're grieving and we have these feelings that we're not used to, we can feel like we're alone in that. Like we're, you know, like something's wrong with us. Like, why am I angry or why am I agoraphobic? Or even another thing that happened was um, when I did kind of force myself to decorate for Christmas, there was moments in that where I actually found myself singing and having joy decorating the Christmas tree. And then I felt guilty. guilty. Like I've heard that from people. Yeah. Like, Oh, does this mean I, you know, I'm having fun. Does this mean I don't love my mom as much? Or so it's, it's just interesting the gamut of emotions you feel when you're going through grief. Yeah. And all of that's really, really normal for, mm -hmm. for you know, that. And then some, uh, yeah. you know, the, the grief, the denial, uh, mm -hmm. not denial that it didn't happen, of course, after the fact, but denial of the impact. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think particularly men, but some women also want to just get back to it very quickly after right. the loss of a loved one, um, you know, or or denial in, in, when it comes to the holidays of let's just get through this. Let's right. just get through this. Not really allowing themselves to feel, well, I want to just get through this because of the grief, the anxiety, uh, right. the depth of the sadness that one feels. So, you know, right. all that you said is so, so normal. And um, yeah, and and just so many ways that that people can go through that experience. Yeah. So what was the premise of the of the book and the movie? And how does that relate to the experience that you had the kind of the, the overall premise of it? Yeah, well, it's easy. It's easy when you're grieving to become engulfed in that, that sadness, that pain, that anger, that uh, denial that, you know, all those emotions that you're going through, it's easy to get in that and kind of get engulfed in that and get uh, in that. And so I was, I remembered this quote um, by an author that I like, uh, Richard Paul Evans. He wrote a book called The Christmas Box that my mom gave me a long time ago. Um, and he had this quote that has stuck with me for, I guess it's been 20 years or whatever. And it went something like, the best cure for a broken heart is to use it. Oh, and that wow. always stuck with me, right? Oh, that's, that's so profound. So right? Lisa, let's just say it again. Yeah. The best cure for a broken heart is to use it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't don't sit down on the couch and put it up on the coffee table with ice, right? Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you know, a broken foot or broken ankle. Right, yeah. Oh, and it's so profound. Yeah, it is. And so that quote kind of that has stuck in my head for all these years kind of formed the premise of the Christmas checklist, because if it's about using your heart, if it's broken, like using what you have of it, to, I, I thought to me, it's about giving to others and also giving to yourself, meaning self-nourishment. And so all the activities kind of came up as a way to give to others and also to give to yourself. So all the activities are centering around how you can use your heart to give mm -hmm. to your others and to give back to yourself. Oh, I love that. Say more that we've got to go a little deeper into that. <laughs> your heart in what ways that's just so rich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I feel like giving is so important. So a lot of the activities on the Christmas checklist, you know, some are simple, some are a little more difficult, but like the first one, you know, is the easiest one. And it kind of catapults the story in both my novel and the book, but it's about donating jackets or clothes to a shelter. Um, and I, I did this, I, I, I have a bunch of nice jackets, like, you know, brand name, uh, you know, jackets or whatever that just I don't wear that have that have either lost weight or gained weight and they don't fit me. Um, but that year I took them to a women's shelter um, because we have a local women's shelter here in Albuquerque um, that helped help women that were like in abusive relationships or that became homeless um, get back up on their feet again. And I thought, you know, a brand name jacket, like a Same. Michael Kors jacket or something that yeah. they could put on and go into an interview or maybe just even feel like, I don't know. I just think giving is so important. And so that was that was one of the items on the, the Christmas checklist. And what we also did with that, it was kind of meant to also spur some other ideas. Like it's not about just donating jackets or clothes to a shelter, but even animals like we, we I, I'm a big animal lover and a lot of the shelters, especially this time of year over the holidays are looking for blankets um, so you can donate old towels and old blankets to an animal shelter mm -hmm. and keep the animals warm over the holidays. But so that was just one example of something where you can give to others, because I also think when you give to others, it makes you realize how much you have. Right. So mm -hmm. and how thankful you are. Yeah. And it it also to me. Lisa speaks to the fact that our happiness doesn't really come from what we get. Right. come from what we give, whether in material form or immaterial form. Right. Um, I'm reading an interesting book right now that did a study on Benedictine monks, and oh. they live very austere lives. You know, uh, they've taken vows of poverty. They don't own anything. They do uh, chanting and prayer and song seven times a day, starting at wow. 320 a.m., um, and yet their rates of, um, you know, kind of self-perceived happiness and contentment are higher than people even like with high incomes and, you know, and, uh, right. and it goes into the, the fact that they, they have such great happiness and satisfaction because they're doing things that are meaningful every moment of every day. Right. Right. And I mean, think about that with Christmas. I mean, I don't know. Exactly. I'm assuming you're the same way. I love to watch people open their present just yes. as much as I love to. It's like, I just love to see their faces yeah. just to share to in that experience. Presents. Yeah. You know, a lot of people complain and, um, 
so uh, I, you know, I, oh, I have so much to do or I don't, I love it. I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy thinking about it and spending the time and the energy. And it is a way that I feel like it's a, a way to give and to show love. So right. yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I love this notion, Lisa, of doing a Christmas checklist. And in fact, I'm thinking about taking it on with my family, even a brief, yeah. um, yeah. right? So it's something right. Family could do together. Yes. Do you mind giving us more examples? Like, I, I guess in some ways, I don't feel like the most creative person, even though I've written several books, but my books are kind of more, <laughs> I don't know, for my body of work. So, give us some more examples of what kinds of creative things uh, are, are in the movie or that people can do to celebrate the holidays, even if they are having complex emotions. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I just think that's great that you're thinking about making a Christmas checklist because my hope when I wrote the book and the movie was that people would be inspired to create their own Christmas checklist, think about what's important to them and what would be on it. And so again, you know, you can use my my checklist as kind of a example of some of the yeah. ideas, but you know, make your own. Um, but yeah, some are easy. Like I said, the first one is fairly uh, easy to donate clothes or blankets or something to a shelter. Um, you know, some of them are a little more difficult. Um, and, and, and also some, you know, are fun. Like uh, an example of one is pick up a new or an old hobby. Um, I think, and that's where the self-nourishment comes in Mm. because I think hobbies, um, at least for me, Although now my hobby is my career and we can talk about that, but, um, (laughs) but my hobby is writing and I love writing and I can get so lost into a story that time uh, just goes by. I don't know where I am. I'm just in that story. And uh, in the movie uh, you saw uh, the main character uh, is a singer and and a musician and she does this beautiful song at the end. And it was kind of a hobby that she put away a long, long time ago and then got out again as a way of expression. And so I think hobbies can be ways of self-expression, whether it's through writing a poem. Um, They can also be meditative, like doing a knitting or or doing a jigsaw puzzle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Taking on a new sport. My my yes. last year was pickleball. I took on a yes. new yeah. ball. So that was really fun. So I'll have to think about that. And yeah. a new hobby. One of the things I, I am going to take on for this year is I've lived in this same small city in central Massachusetts for many years. And there's so many restaurants in this little small city I've just never gone to. So yeah. one of the first thing I'm going to do in the new year is start going down the main street you know, get us kind of down in the town center and go to all the restaurants in my own town. Um, yeah, yeah. No people. So maybe that will be my new hobby. I'll be a restaurateur for, for 2024. Well, yeah. And one of the other activities, and this isn't quite, but it's kind of similar to that is like go on a wintry adventure. Um, so your, you know, wintry adventure could be going to these new uh, yeah. restaurants and locations. Um yeah. You know, whether, you know, think you could think about things um, that you used to do that you used to love when you were a kid, ice skating, sledding, Mm -hmm. um, going to look at the Christmas lights at a tour or something. So it's just about um, also there's a little bit of nostalgia there. Like if if there was something you loved to do with your loved one um, that maybe no longer here, just because they're not here doesn't mean you can't do those activities and you can still 
go and look at the Christmas lights or go ice skating like you used to do with your mom or your loved one. And still that can be a way of still feeling close to them. Mm, I love that. I love that. Any other suggestions? Because I really want to, and there were 12 of them, right? There's 12. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a a couple more. Yeah. Uh, Well, one, and this is, and this is a hard one, um, is forgive a grudge. Um, Oh, so they, you know, there's a mixture of easy ones and harder ones. And, you know, I'm still working on this, but I think the reason I included this one on there is because I think when a loved one uh, dies, uh, we realize the impermanence of life and how short life is. Mm. And it's like, are we going to choose to spend the life that we have that we're living right now holding grudges? Because right. <laughs> a grudge is, you know, a toxin to your yeah. system. And and so, so I put that on there. And I'm not saying I'm an expert at forgiving grudges. There's yeah. some deep-rooted grudges that are harder to work through um, that I'm going to therapy for. Um, and then there's some other simple grudges or grievances that you can just say, is that important in the right. big scheme of life? My energy. Or can I yeah. just wipe yeah. that off? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've often heard said, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you've heard this, Lisa, that forgiveness is more for you than for the other person. Yes. Yes. You're the one, true. Who's, suffering. You're the one yes. who's suffering the grudge. Uh, right. You're the one who's suffering the judgment. And as we hold that, I love the word you used, it's toxic. As we mm-hmm. hold that toxic energy or that tox- toxicity of judgment, criticism, superiority, uh, you know, that they've done something to me is also a bit, you know, your own taking on a victim consciousness that they, you know, that someone has the power to do something to you, even if they've done an act that's egregious, you know, that. Right didn't want to, but still you, you know, we all get to determine our own sense of self and our own well-being. So exactly. And to me, in fact, I have a free ebook on my website about this. It's called Beyond Forgiveness. Ah. And it says that really, you know, there's, if, if you, if you have the belief that life is always unfolding for good and that people are always doing the best they can, you know, is there, is there ever anything really to forgive? So I say, instead of forgiveness, lean into acceptance yeah. for who they are. And that may mean you want to distance from them and that's right. okay, but accept the person for who they are, for what they've done and not, you know, don't let that keep its tentacles in, in your energy and in your soul. Right. No, I think that's great. And I want to check out your ebook because I think it's very important and it's something that, you know, going through life, um, we, like you said, I think the best way that I can wrap my head around forgiveness or acceptance is just realizing that that person or, or even myself, we're all doing, like you said, yeah. the best we can in every situation. We make mistakes. Yeah. We're all human. Yeah. No, exactly. I say we're, we're doing the best that we can according to our current and evolving capacity. Right. Doesn't right. mean a person can't grow. Doesn't mean that they can, you know, stop doing those hurtful things. And you just have to take them for where they are. And sometimes that means you take them from where, for where they are from a distance. <laughs> right. And I think that's a very good point, because I think a lot of people, when they hear the word forgiveness, they think, oh, that means I got to invite this person over to dinner or for Christmas right. or whatever. And it's right. like, no, you can forgive them, meaning release them and accept release. the situation, but you don't have to be a part of that situation yeah. anymore. Yeah. If, yeah. Or, you know, or a part of it from a distance. You can yeah. change the relationship. You can stop the relationship. But the point is the power is in you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Power over to the other person because of quote, what they did to you. Right. Right. Really. Yeah. And the holidays, man. I agree with you. That's a really important one for us to revisit. You know, at the end of the year, I do an annual review. And one of the things that I suggest that people review is just, um, you know, who, who am I incomplete with? Meaning right. I have things that I haven't said or grudges that I'm holding or uh, things that I should have said that I didn't gratitude, uh, expressions, love, uh, expressions, appreciation. So there's so much that we can do, uh, around this holiday time to look at the quality of our relationships. Right. No, I think so. And the, and the Christmas holidays and the new years and even, you know, Thanksgiving just passed. That's a time when you yeah. are with families and maybe, you know, there could be just some dysfunction there in different family circles or whatever, but it's a time of just, um, I think bringing your consciousness, your presence in it and just being present with, with the current situation. Yeah. 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 So Lisa, I, I want to shift gears here a little bit, and thank you for those suggestions. Yeah, yeah. I love it. You know, I'll I'll uh, I'll check out your your book and then yeah. the checklist, and then I'm going to write my own and share it with my Perfect. family. Yeah, I, I really love the idea. I think it's just brilliant. Um, but let's shift gears a little bit. Yeah. I want you to speak directly to the listener who is in your shoes when you went through this. So the listener who's maybe just gone through a divorce or has just lost a child or a parent or a spouse, you know, the going or best friend, someone who's in that place of like, oh gosh, mm -hmm. it's the holidays and my heart is broken. Mm -hmm. So give them some, some guidance some tips and maybe some inspiration for facing this holiday season. Yeah. Well, first I want to say that it's, it's about honoring where you are. Um, I think it's important to know that if you're crying, if you're in pain, if you're angry, to honor those emotions. It's not about trying to deny them or push them away or get rid of them um, because that's what's happening in the moment. And it's about honoring what's happening. So if you are needing to cry and you're crying, let it out, let it um, let it happen. Um, I'm also, I also just want to say that if there are people that are grieving and, and going through some kind of intense pain, it's okay to ask for help. Um, I, I went to grief support groups and also, you know, got a therapist at that time and still am in therapy. So I also just think that it's important to not isolate yourself and to take that on yourself. Like if you can't talk to someone about it, maybe find a professional. I think it's okay to ask for help. And so I just want to make that clear. Um, but then also, you know, I would just encourage people to remember that quote again, the best cure for a broken heart is to use it. And another quote I heard was um, grief is love with nowhere to go. Mm. So where can you take that love that you have that you're feeling like, I have nowhere to put this, like I'm just having this pain and I have nowhere to put this love. How can you spread that love? How can you give that love? Maybe, maybe you're not feeling like you can do any items on the checklist or do any of these things we've talked about, but maybe your expression of love is, um, you know, getting a, um, something that honors your loved one. Like um, I bought a little angel that was engraved with my mom's name and her dates and stuff, and we put it on the tree. Um, so, uh, you know, planting a plant in honor of your loved one, however you feel like um, expressing that love and honoring that love, um, I would say um, 
you know, just be in your moment and, and have your emotions and also look for ways that you can health, health, healthily <laughs> express those emotions and uh, honor your loved one. So beautiful. You know, Lisa, what, when I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing you say is grieve consciously. Yeah. Feel your mm-hmm. emotions, honor your emotions. Don't isolate with your emotions. Yeah. Ask for help. Know how you feel. Um, as opposed to go into denial, start drinking, isolate at home, uh, you know, snap at other people and say everything's fine. You know, so I guess we really are in in this conversation making a distinction between what conscious grieving looks like versus going unconscious. I think so, because it's so easy to go that unconscious route. Like when you're feeling that pain, I mean, I, I, I would probably say, wow, you know, there's something you want to do to get rid of that pain, whether it be, I want to drink, I want a pill, I want to eat, you know, a, a lot of people eat for comfort, whatever it is, there's that natural tendency to want to get rid of that pain. Um, but it, it, it again is about being conscious through this grief and, and realizing that, okay, I'm crying right now. I'm allowing myself to cry. It's okay to feel that pain. I'm missing my loved one mm-hmm. and it's okay to feel what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really, really love and appreciate that. So um, I know I want to go watch the film and, and read the book. Lisa, where can people watch uh, your film, The Christmas Checklist, and pick up the book? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so I would tell them to go to my website. It's thechristmaschecklist.com okay. because on the website it has, um, you know, the link to the book where you can order it. It also tells where the movie is playing. It's on Roku, Amazon Prime, Tubi. Um, and but then you can also get your free copy of the Christmas checklist, which is the actual 12 activities. Oh, nice. yeah. And they have a little checkbox next to them. So you could, if you want to challenge yourself with doing some of those activities, yeah. you could print that and uh, take it with you through this holiday season and see if you can check some of those off. Or like you said, you can create your own Christmas checklist and check those off. Oh, that's so great. All right. So thechristmaschecklist.com where they can find all of this information. Lisa, Mm -hmm. it's really been a delightful conversation. You know, my heart goes out to you and I want to really honor and acknowledge you for taking your grief and turning it it into good for millions of people who will be lifted up from this body of work. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for living consciously and bringing that contribution to the world. Thank you, Jackie. And thank you all for all you do. (laughs) Thanks. 